Okay, you are not alone. Welcome, everyone. I'm glad I'm not alone. I'm glad you're here to join me on tonight's broadcast of The Road to Recovery. I'm your host, Dan Tuba, coming to you live from the office of West Chicago, of the real estate office that I own, Daniel and Associates Real Estate. But it's really not about the real estate office. It's about me, the person that I am today because of this program of recovery, finding sobriety, finding and getting it. What What you ask? What? What do you mean you found it? You found recovery. Well, recovery is not an accident. It, it, it requires effort and time and energy. And I found it 23 years, 6 months, and 10 days ago. But who's counting? But up, boom, I'm counting. I count every day that I'm sober, and I'm grateful for the gift of sobriety. You should be, too. If you're sober today, good for you. If it's one day, gosh, that's incredible. That's great. I remember the first day. Oh, my God, it was so difficult for me. Live show, by the way. This is a live broadcast. It is March 10th. It is 7 p.m. Hopefully you made the changeover and you realize it's not... 6 p.m., but 7 p.m. now, Central Standard Time, and uh, we lost an hour of sleep, but I don't know, I'm feeling pretty good. I don't know about you, um, but I take care of myself a whole lot more than I did before, to be honest, yeah, definitely. Uh, Yeah, I'll tell you, 23 years, 6 months, 10 days ago, that's a long time, but you know what? I never thought I'd be alive this long, you know. I thought for sure that my crimes against humanity would catch up with me. That the higher power I choose to call Jesus Christ today, I thought he was through with me. I thought he was done and fed up. I thought he gave up on me, actually. I thought he gave up on me a long time ago before that. But I'll tell you what, thanks to this program of recovery that I work, and part of it involves Alcoholics Anonymous, but this show is not endorsed by Alcoholics Anonymous in any way, shape, or form because they believe in anonymity. And i got to tell you something, folks. I'm not looking for celebrity, but I am looking to let you know that real people need help. I had a thinking problem, not a drinking problem, but a thinking problem. My best thinking got me drinking and got me in a lot of trouble, lots and lots of trouble that I was able to get through and beyond thanks to this program that I work in recovery. And today, I'm looking forward to my wedding. Oh my gosh, wedding. You don't know the rest of my story. I don't know if I told you. I was married three times by the time I sobered up. Three times. And failed three times. I think I failed in the selection process. Failed in the delivery process. Failed in a lot of things. Failed myself, my spouses, my my kids. I have three children. Raised by three, two other men. Kudos to them. Thank you for doing a great job. I'm fortunate in that way. My daughters talk to me. My son, well, not so much. But 
that's part of the party tax that I have to attribute to the fact that I would choose drinking and social networking over being a father. Not good. But nobody is born a parent. I don't believe that. I do believe that traits are learned and shared and picked up. And I just didn't have a good follow, person to follow. Not at all. I had two DUIs, two driving under the influence of alcohol, one in 1991, one in 1993. Nothing I am proud of, not at all. I was quite embarrassed at the time. And, you know, I I took a lot of grief from people, you know, but so be it. That's where it was. You know, it's amazing how tolerant we become of our own shortcomings. Very interesting. Let me uh, finish the introduction and let you know, folks, that we are going to be on the air the best we can between now and 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, It's a live show. You can call in if you'd like to be a guest, share an idea, a thought, area code 323-580-5755. If you'd like to, uh, you know, air a comment, have a question, uh, share a story. I think I'm going to read some stories today. I went through... This big box of stuff that I had yesterday for the show. And I do remember my mother saying, don't talk with my mouth full. But i got to admit, I'm starved. I worked all day today, most of the day. And uh, I'm grateful. People want my services. I'm a real estate broker. So that way it was a good day. No complaints here. But so I'm going to try to sneak in a snack here in between conversations. But if you want to call, I could listen to you talk, and I could snack a little bit better. Mm-mm-mm. And in a way, you'd be helping me out. How about that? So you want to help Dan out, call me, 323-580-5755. What is this program all about? What is the road to recovery? Really, what is it? Well, the road to recovery is my version of carrying the message to the still suffering. The road to recovery is my way staying plugged into the program and continuing to advance my my personal program and recovery. And how do we do that? By carrying the message to other people, sharing what we learned with other people, repeating what we know, reinforcing it in our minds, in our hearts. And I learned a lot over the years. My gosh, I'm so grateful for all the blessings I've got. And you know what? It's amazing. I'm here I told you I'm getting, uh, I, I was married three times before I sobered up. I was going through my third divorce when I, 23 years ago, and ultimately did get divorced. But that woman that was in my life at that time, Patty, 
okay? She she was able to get me to see what was going on, not because she was telling me what to do, but I watched the mess that was created in her life and how it carried over into our lives, and I got a chance to look at myself and realize that I was a mess and that... Um, yeah, that I was a mess, that I needed help, and that I really could no longer blame anybody or anybody else, anything else for my problems and issues that were taking place in my life, that maybe if I accepted responsibility, maybe things would be different. I wanted to kill myself. I wanted to die. I did not want to face the wreckage of my past. It was horrible. I was running fast as I could away from it while creating more crap and throwing it in my path. The program of recovery got me to slow down, stop, take inventory, not just the bad, but the good too. It got me working in the right direction to the point where, well, here I am today, 23 years, six months, 10 days later, a bump, counting me, but to the point now where Things are getting, continued to get better. I am getting married in May. My fourth marriage, yes. It's not something that most people want to be, you know, promoting and going, ah, guess what? But I, you know what? I know that this time is the right time. I won, I met a wonderful woman. Oh, my gosh. And I was prepared for her. I'd be lying if I said that the other people that I married weren't good people. I'd be lying because they're all alive and they're all involved with somebody and and they're happy, married to other people. We just weren't a good match. And at that time in my life, I knew only one speed in my life, and that was full out, go forward. And take no prisoners. Take no prisoners. And I didn't. I created a lot of mess, a lot of problems, and I wanted to die. I I knew I had to face it at some point. I just did not want to face it. But I will say that that son of mine that doesn't really talk to me was the main reason, and I'm grateful to him, that I didn't kill myself. I didn't think that he deserved growing up knowing that his dad was, you know, killed himself because, you know, I was a loser at that time, and I was. I was losing everything. I was a loser. I lost work and money and friends and respect personally from other people. Lots. I was a real loser. Today was different. Today I regained and recaptured most of what I lost, even have more than I ever thought I had before. And grateful, very, very grateful for what I have today. And totally amazed as well as the fact that I could have what I have. It is just incredible. You know, Friday night, I was out bowling. I got asked to be a sub on a team. I suck. I'm a bad bowler. I don't have a bowling ball that fits and then trying to use a house ball and, you know, I let me let's face it, I'm not a bowler. Okay, don't claim to be one, don't want to be one, but I'll help out the cause. My friend 
they had a uh, you know teammate that couldn't make it. So I did it. And in the course of that night, I met a young lady, which her name doesn't matter, so it doesn't really matter. But this young lady, I looked at her, and she didn't look very very happy. And, of course, you know, that's me. I When I see somebody not happy, I, I need to know why and what I could do to make them happy, if, if even at all possible. So I said, hey, what's up? And we started a conversation. And she indicated that she was a little depressed because she wasn't drinking alcohol at that time and that she was abstaining. And I said, well, what's the reason? She goes, well... You know, we got in the conversation a little deeper. She went on to say that she's had a couple of DUIs, too, driving under her influence, and got her license back. And she's still drinking. And that shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody, because when I got my second one, I didn't stop drinking, even when I got my driver's license back. Didn't stop drinking. That's why I always be grateful to my ex-wife, Patty, because if it wasn't for her coming into my life and helping me turn it upside down, I probably would have never really found the program of recovery. But the day after, not a month and a day after she left me and our marriage was ending, I found the doors of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I went and started the journey that I still follow today. Never know where it's going to lead. It's incredible to think that I'm going to get married again, that I want to and that I'm prepared to. And not only am I marrying an incredible woman, she's really incredible. Martha is incredible. But I'm worthy of that woman. I really am. I'm worthy of her, her, her love and, com- and and commitment as well as mine to her, and that's a good thing. That's not something I could say that I really could have said to any of my ex-wives in the past. No, I married them because it just seemed like the right thing to do. It was, you know, it was. It was the right thing to do. Now I had feelings for at least two of them. The middle one, I have to be honest, I had feelings of more pity and insecurity. I was a very insecure person at that time. And, well, it just wasn't a good match, and we should have walked away. And we could have, but no. You know, I just couldn't leave well enough alone. Even though good friends... My an attorney friend and run and I didn't and you know things happen for a reason I do believe that there's a higher power I do believe his name is God or it is God Jesus I do believe that he or she whatever could be a woman named Jesus I don't know But I believe that they have plans for us, plans for me. What they are, I don't think they're sharing them right away. But I do believe I've 
follow the nurturing and the and the nudging I was put in my life to find me here today, carrying the message on Sunday night. As far as the rest of it, it's a great life. It's not the life that I had envisioned. It wasn't the one I had planned. Some of us are just not meant to be parents, I guess. And I, I guess I wasn't meant to be a parent, an active parent, I guess. I can't even tell you if I'm a good grandparent because I don't send gifts. It's kind of weird, you know. My daughters are Jehovah Witnesses, so they don't practice birthdays necessarily, but and I, I take advantage of that and so I don't send them anything. and You know, but I do call them on their birthdays to wish them happy birthday. Because when they were born, both Jessica and Natalie were very special days in my life. Was I remember? I can remember them like they were yesterday. You know, I remember counting all the fingers in Jess's hands. I was convinced that because of my life, that God was going to punish me with a child with physical defects. And yet, when I see people that have children that have physical disabilities, and then Listen to them talk about how they've been given a gift to embrace this life even more so than those of us that have all of our appendages and all of our, quote, senses about us. You can't help but to wonder who really got their short stick, us or them, you know. But, but gratefully, you know, what makes a parent just because you gave birth. I argued that for the longest time. I'm the biological father. I was called bio dad. Yeah. I was so demanding that I'd be given credit. The best I could do is bio dad. I donated to genetics. I didn't teach him how to ride bikes. I didn't teach him about what I knew about life, probably a good thing. Yeah, today, I hope that I can be a, an example to them about someone who found recovery and can do things in life and not give up. You know? And, well, that's the best I could do. Hopefully they'll get something out of it. And if they do, great. They're great kids, all of them, even my son. All very hardworking, wonderful people, have many friends. You know, I just, uh, it's a tough thing. Somebody, I, I, I use that explanation a lot to people that seem like they're struggling with their kids. And explain, under no circumstance or terms, would they want someone else raising their kids. I certainly did not want that. I certainly found it very, very difficult to accept. It's like pressing your nose against a glass outside of a restaurant. And you see the meal and the plate served. 
and it's filled with wonderful food, and your side, you're outside starving, and you can't get in. And while people can see you, they just keep on going in their life because you are not there to interact with them. They know you're there, but it's not something that they're involved with. That's one of the feelings of being replaced as a father and a husband. I tell you, I only wish that I knew then what I knew now. If so, and I often say this to people, I probably would not have taken that first drink. Okay? I wouldn't have. Because the price that I paid for my buzz and my party was far too great. The party tax was far too much. I didn't enjoy paying it. Not at all. Not at all. Yet I did. Yet I did pay it. I paid the price. And I'm here to tell you. You can certainly do it if you'd like. But it wasn't fun. Did I have fun when I drank? Oh, absolutely. I had some fun. But when I think back at the fun that I had, when I traded away, for the fun at the bar, the fun that I could have had with my children, watching them grow, watching them learn about life, sharing some of my views and perspective. And today, they did great. Isn't it amazing how most human beings survive our blunders? our chaos that we create in our lives. Most people do. Most people do. Kids, you know, I work with people and families, and I do, i got to tell you something. I mean, I have a gift, and that gift allows me to see people that are struggling in their lives. And while I can't tell them what to do, I can relate to where they're coming from, and I will share my story of what it was like for me. And what I did to change the course of my life to something much more healthier for me. Was it easy? Of course not. It was not easy. Because I was stubborn. Absolutely stubborn. Challenging, difficult. Oh, absolutely. But regardless of how much I put up a fight, I knew that doing what I was doing, working the program of recovery, 
that it was the right thing for me to do, and that I needed to continue to do it. Okay? And you know what? It worked. Darn it, it worked really well. And because of that, I'm enjoying some wonderful things in my life today. Okay. So, for those of you that never found the joy of recovery, i got to tell you something. It's there. It's, it's right in front of us. Right in front of us. The problem is, are we willing to open our eyes and accept it? Are we willing to realize that we're a big part of the problem that are happening in our lives. Absolutely. Now, I've got new newspaper clippings that I wanted to read. And I had one that I wanted to read. The newest one was about how parents can talk to their kids about marijuana. They just announced today, or they repeated today, that Illinois is going to Illinois is going to you know, offer marijuana for recovery, health recovery. It has medicinal purposes. We as human beings always have to take it to the umpteenth level. So, you know, a, a, a joint has so much THC in it, and now we're creating THC directly, synthesizing it, and making it bigger, stronger, better. Just like, uh, just like uh, opiates, you know opiates. And then you find out that, you know, people that are doing opiates think that they're getting one thing and they're getting something more than they were even bargained for. Ow! Ow is a yowza. That was a Well, you know, I don't know. I don't know. What's up? All right. Man, I tell you, it's amazing. You could pick up any newspaper, really, almost any newspaper, and find articles about drugs, alcohol, recovery. Here it is. I found the one I wanted to. It's a recent one. Knowledge can fight the impact of marijuana on teens. This is in the newspaper, Glen Ellen newspaper I saw, uh, Friday, March 8th. Okay, the DuPage County Health Department recently released a, a report that sounds the alarm regarding the impact of marijuana on young people. The report indicates that young people who have used marijuana within the past month were much more likely to use cigarettes and alcohol, binge drink, use other illicit drugs, or drink heavily compared with those who did not use marijuana within the past month. 
Marijuana today is two to three times more potent than it was in the past. They're referencing probably when I smoked it. And, man, I remember a couple times. I mean, some friends of mine share a a an evening moment where they gave me a joint to smoke and remembering the time before how weak and, and you know, it was just a weak puff didn't didn't do anything for me, didn't give me a buzz. So I took an extra long hit on this joint and they kept passing it back to me and not really smoking themselves until I realized that, man, this thing really had me out there. I was pretty wasted already. And at that time, it was fun. But what I didn't see, what it was doing to me, was chopping away at the, the base of my humanity. It was, it was encouraging me to not want to go home. It was encouraging me to not want to do my job. It, 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 it was very subtle, and yet I thought it was fun. Okay, I'm sorry. I got off track here. Marijuana, okay, we talked about it. According to American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, marijuana today is two to three times more potent than it was in the past. According to the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, teens' decision-making, concentration, and memory can be affected for days after using marijuana. Marijuana has significant short-term In long-term, effects on problem-solving, long- and short-term memory, and the ability to stop a habitual behavior when needed. The DuPage Prevention Leadership Team cites the following negative effects of marijuana use on young people, young people's school and social life, decline in school performance, Increased risk of mental health issues, including depression and anxiety. Impaired driving and potential for addiction. Marijuana is addictive. Teenagers have a more than 17% chance of becoming addicted to marijuana if they start using it when they are adolescents, according to the National Institute on Drug Abuse. Now think about it, 17%, that's almost 20%. That's 3% over. And 20% means that it's like playing Russian roulette, okay? If you were playing Russian roulette and you put five bullets in the gun, no, you had a five-shooter, five-shooter, and you put one bullet in there, your chance is one out of five you're going to blow your brains out. Isn't that amazing? And yet we, we do, we we try to beat the odds and show that we can we're strong and courageous and you know nobody's going to tell us how to do and live our lives and you know I want to be have that kind of fun and, and I like that high and psh, what knuckleheads huh what knuckleheads we are are you a knucklehead I don't know about you but I certainly was try not to be anymore but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm not it just means that I'm much more aware of what being a knucklehead is and Try to steer clear of that. Okay? Let's see. 
Marijuana is addictive. We said that. Teenagers have more than 17% chance of becoming addicted to marijuana if they start using it when they are adolescents, according to National Institute on Drug Abuse. I'm glad I'm not one of those statistics. It was for a while, but not really a big time. But I'm glad I wasn't one, that I was able to beat the ass. An associated problem is a growing number of teens who are vaping. Results of a 2018 National Youth Tobacco Survey indicates 1.5 million more teens used e-cigarettes in 2018 than 2017. Many parents think vaping is not a big deal, but teens can access marijuana through vaping. Hash oil with tetrahydrocannabinol, THC, can be consumed through vaping devices, including e-cigarettes. There is no residue and no odor. So unlike your years ago when there was a distinctive odor of marijuana being smoked, with vaping, it is dif- difficult for parents to know what's in the liquid that young people are vaping. When the liquid gets heated in vapes, about 40 chemicals get released, according to Matthew Quinn from Rosencrantz. These chemicals include acetone, benzene, pest, and gas, formaldehyde, cadmium, car batteries, lead, acetyl dehyde, plant stripper, paint stripper, and propion glycol, deicing tin, and nickel. The first four of these chemicals also are in cigarettes. And ironically, many young people say they don't smoke cigarettes because of the dangers of chemicals in cigarettes, yet they admit to trying vaping. You know what? i got to admit, I've never tried vape, and I have no interest in trying vape. Part of it is I used to smoke cigarettes. I quit smoking cigarettes a year and a half to the day that I quit drinking. I did. I quit smoking in February, so it was... September, October, November, December, January, February, right? February of 1997, maybe? I think a year and a half later. And I'm going to tell you something. That was even harder to quit than drinking. Drinking, I saw the consequences, lived the consequences. Smoking, there was some. Stink. The burning of clothes and furniture, a bunch of other things, the smell, the cost. But, you know, I didn't see cancer creeping up on me. I, I smoked. Part of me wanted to die. Part of me wanted to get cancer and get everybody feeling sorry for me. That's what I thought they would do. Thank God it didn't happen. Thank God. All right, the first of four of these chemicals also are in cigarettes. And ironically, many people say, young people say they don't smoke cigarettes because of the dangers of chemicals in cigarettes, yet they admit to trying vaping. Parents and guardians can help reduce the chances 
of their teens, excuse me, being in potentially harmful situations by getting educated about vaping and the effects of marijuana. A good source of information is the DuPage Prevention Leadership Team's website, dupagepl.t.org. We'll have to look it up. Let's see. You find. Let's get a Google page here. Okay. So let's find DuPage. Should we go right to the website? Let's see. Yeah, maybe we should. Let's just do that. All right. Let's go to the. Let's all go to the website. Let's all go to the website. DuPage. Sounds like DuPage BLT. Is it? PLT. PLT. PLT dot org. O-R-G. Let's see what we find here. Okay, not BLT. Don't want to make it into a food-eating thing. Okay, the DuPage County Prevention Leadership Team. Okay, working together to prevent substance abuse in DuPage County. So why did we go to this website? Good source of information. Okay, so we're looking for good source of information. DuPage County, a community coalition working together. There's a big crowd. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 30. 30 people. The majority of women. You know, it looks like somebody I know. A couple of them I probably know. I wonder how many of them experience difficulty with drugs or alcohol in their lives. The reason why I ask that is because as an alcoholic in recovery, I do know that one of the benefits that being an alcoholic has is that I can help people struggling to quit drugs and alcohol a whole lot better sometimes than those of you that have never done it before. I can relate to them. I don't have to tell them what they can or can't do because I recognize and realize that they're all pretty smart themselves. But what I could do is I could share with them what I did and my choices and what happened to me because of those choices and how I got to where I'm at today. And amazingly, that sometimes is enough to help someone recover. Find recovery. Accept recovery. Absolutely. It's amazing, isn't it? Amazing. Okay. Be engaged through conversation and observation. Learn what marijuana paraphernalia looks like and look for it. E-cigarettes often look like USB drives. Okay. (laughs) I got to figure out what those are. I know now. Pens and cellophane cases. No, cell phone cases. Attend the Glenbard Parent Series event, which features nationally recognized authors and local experts on issues facing teens and their parents. Marijuana use is a growing problem, and if it's and it's a community problem. Working together, we can help our young people make good choices and stay safe. I'm wondering. Yeah, this is written by. David Larson, superintendent of Glenbard Township 
High School District 87. Okay, David. David Larson. Okay. Well, good article. Again, I do know that they bring drug addicts and alcoholics in recovery to the schools to talk to the students about what drugs has been and done to them, drugs and alcohol. I personally had attended several times to the point where I actually broke down in tears and cried in front of these kids, which, again, very, very helpful, very powerful for me, okay? That's one of the reasons why I enjoyed doing it, because I derived a lot of benefits out of that. Gotta like that. Gotta like it. Absolutely, I do like it, actually. And, okay, so I promised to read some more. I wanted to read a letter. I tell you, I, I talked about this letter a few times, and I saw it yesterday. I found this letter. It was written by a friend who disappeared on us. And what I mean by that is, this friend was attending these programs at the, you know, at the AA building, club, whatever, and I just didn't see her around anymore, and I didn't really give her a lot of thought. We weren't real close, but she was a friend, and and one day, what is this? Guys, I've got so much material here; it's just unbelievable. I try to constantly send myself material so I have something to read to you guys. I know you enjoy me reading. Yes, Dan, please read to us. Tell us a story. I'm going to tell you a story. I got to really, there's some fun stuff. I was having fun with some of this stuff, actually going through it, but I'm looking for something in particular. I don't know where I found it. Where I'm going to find it, or if I'm going to find it tonight. I will have to look for it. It was a handwriting. And I thought I left it out so I could read it. And I'm sure I did, but, you know. Hey, I'm an alcoholic. I'm doing ten things at the same time and trying to get them all done. And can't be amazed that I couldn't get it done, you know. Isn't that amazing? Okay, not finding it here. Not finding it there. Not finding it anywhere. Okay. All right, stop. Yeah, I'm reading this article. Crime. One day, Minnesota man charged one day ago, with driving while intoxicated for the 28th time. How's this guy even on the road? How does this guy even get access to keys? That's, you know, is obviously this person. Now, again, I do believe that alcoholism is a disease. Don't get me wrong. I do believe it is. But it's a thinking disease, and we have a chance to beat this. But we got to make good choices. Okay? If we make a bad choice, the bad, the worst, 
the worst one we can make is one that we think we could drink. Not, not at all. Can't drink. Not at all. You know, I was looking for a letter here, by the way. Okay? And I can tell you, there's just so much great stuff in recovery. God, I just love it. I love it. Actually, I love to be part of it. It, it is good. And for this young lady that she was telling me how bored she was, and she was afraid that her life would get worse and worse, boring, because she wasn't drinking. But you know what, God, kudos to you, young lady, on your choice of not driving, not drinking. Yes, in the beginning, it is hard. I'm not going to tell you it isn't. It is very difficult for those of us with an addiction to stop but you know what? You can do it. I did it. Yep, I did it. And if I could do it, listen, anybody else can do it because I'm the guy that can't do jack, baby. Let's see here. I do want to read some of these articles, though. There's some really good articles. I don't know where I put them. Ah! wanted to see the letters, the handwritten letters. Let's see, is this one of them? Nope. Oh, yeah. Here's one. Callie. I'm trying to get their parents on the show because this young lady, her life was snuffed out. How? By being hit by a car that pulled out in front of her. Yep. The guy was on drugs. And he pulled in front of her and she died at the prime of her life, age 21. Beautiful, beautiful girl. Yep, we're going to continue to try to get her mother to come on the air to talk about that. You know, and sometimes it helps to have the real life people come out and make you touch you and say, hey, we're real people, you know, we're real people. What does this article say? Something about stifling, stifled grief, how the West has it wrong. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, there's so many good stuff, so much good stuff out there. And I'm supposed to be bringing it to you here, and I'm not doing a good job, but that's okay. I'm just bringing me, okay? And if you learn something, fine. If you learn something, fine. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, this is funny. Here's a guy that I sponsored. It's not funny. It's sad, actually. But here's a guy... Yeah, here's a guy that I sponsored for a brief period of time who fessed up and said to me that not only did he have a drinking and a drug problem, okay, but they suggested, they being people in his life, I don't know who they were, but they suggested he get into rehab. Which, you know, on its face, 
you know, surface, it sounds like a logical thing for somebody who has a drug or alcohol problem. The problem is that this guy has been he was he was already to about eight or nine different rehabs. <laughs> so what he asked me as a sponsor, what did I think? I, I'm not going to tell you I had the right answer, but my answer was simply this. No, don't do it. And he was like totally shocked, totally amazed. No, why shouldn't I go to rehab with the hopes of of recovery from my addiction? <laughs> I said, hey, you know, what hopes are you going to create hopes in the people around you, your wife, your kids, once again, only what? To disappoint them. He goes, what do you mean? What if I get better? I go, listen, if you want to get better, you'd get better. Recovery is a decision that you make, and you do whatever you can to do it. And if you needed help, maybe through rehab, maybe that is a good thing. But you haven't made that decision yet. And I said, you're wasting everybody's time. And not only that, you're being unfair to them because you are giving them false hope that you will get better. And he thought I was kidding. And I said, I don't know that I want to sponsor you if you're going to do this. I said, you know, I don't think it's a good thing. I think what you need to do is just get better. And unfortunately, he went into the program against my Strong suggestion that he didn't. And why is that? Because, again, I didn't think it was fair that he'd get his, the hopes up of his wife and his kids. Because I wasn't even clear that he made a decision he wanted to get sober yet. This was a suggestion other people had for his life to straighten him out. So he went into rehab. And I said to him, well, if you're going to rehab, do one thing. He said, what's that? I said, work the program. Do not talk to your wife and kids. He's over there with my wife and kids, the reason why I'm doing this. I go, well, you really should be doing it because it's what you want for yourself and not for them. It's true. You have to have a commitment to yourself that you want more out of your life. And if you don't want more, which is fine. Don't get everybody excited that you want to get better. Because guess what? They're going to want to believe that you want to get better. And thus, if they think you want to get better, they're going to expect you to do things better. Okay? So long story short, he went in the program, and I said to him, don't talk to your wife and kids. They're your triggers. Learn how to deal with life without them. And he proceeded to talk to his wife and kids, and he was in this rehab for, what, a month or so? And, and well, let's just tell you that this individual, okay, this individual is back to drinking and drugging. His wife left him took the kids. Kids have no interest in talking to him. And he doesn't understand why. And I said to him, I said, listen, would you like some help with your recovery? 
I'll be glad to help somebody who wants help. And he said, sure. And he said, I said, well, then call me every day. And he said, sure. And then I left his house. And to this day, which is about two months later, I haven't heard from him. (laughs) So I guess you can talk the talk, but if you ain't willing to walk the walk, Michael, forget it. This is what he had set up when he was in rehab. This is what rehab did for him. You are to complete 90 meetings in 90 days, no exceptions. There will be a calendar printout that that you will bring to each meeting. The printout will require the meeting location and a signature from someone at that meeting, no exceptions. There will be no doubling up of meetings because you missed a meeting one day. You must pre-schedule all your meetings each Sunday in the calendar and copy your wife. What's this? Copy his wife? He needs her to be watching him. This is dumb. Guys, I'm going to just tell you something. This does not work, obviously. After 90 meetings in 90 days is over, you will be required to complete another 90 meetings in 90 days. (laughs) There you go. Failure to do any of the above will result in you having to move out of the house for no less than six months, no exceptions. You are to have weekly meetings with Mike, oh, so-and-so, no exceptions. I think that's a counselor. There will be a calendar printout that you will bring to each meeting. The printout will require a signature from that person and that appointment, no exceptions. You must schedule meetings in advance and copy my wife, your wife, on the calendar request. If this person is unable to fit you in, he will need to send me an email or text message confirming so. Failure to do any of these above will result you in having to move out of the house for no less six months, no exceptions. You are required to meet with your psychiatrist every month, no exceptions. You are to call Dan, me, every day, no exceptions. I will call, follow up with Dan weekly to make sure that you have called him every day. Failure to do the above will result in you having to move out of the house for no less than six months, no exceptions. Guys, I understand the reason for these, for both of them. He wants to show her he will make a change. She wants to keep him in line to reassure her that he's getting the help he needs. It's all bullshit, okay? No drinking caffeine besides tea. If you drink or are under the influence of alcohol or drugs or misuse any prescription that you drug you are automatically kicked out of the house for a minimum of six months. I will exercise my right under the order of protection and call the police to have you arrested, therefore extending the order of protection for a few more years. If you decide not to show up at the house because you have been drinking or using drugs, you will automatically be kicked out of the house for a minimum of six months. No, no exceptions. If you're not present at the house for any night, unless it is pre-planned with your wife, you will automatically be kicked out of the house for a minimum of six months. No exceptions. Your wife will be in control of all your meds. Your wife will give you your daily dose each week. All meds will be kept in a locked box. You will be required to physically talk to me 
at least one time a week. You'll be required to complete one day's, unless that's somebody else. Okay. You'll be required to complete a breathalyzer each day, sometimes multiple times a day. If you decide not to stay sober, the consequences will be divorced, loss of kids, kicked out of the business. I will be documenting all behavior and instances at all times. If you decide not to adhere to this list, the consequences will be divorced, lost kids, and kicked out of the business. That was what he agreed to. You know, that's the amazing thing. That that reminds me back when I was out there drinking and dealing with my stinking thinking. Okay? I didn't have a problem making commitments. Okay, I didn't. I had a problem keeping my commitments. That was the problem. So, I'm telling you, you can't be unrealistic about what you're trying to accomplish. You have to make a decision if you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it. You're ready to take certain steps. At some of these we balked, we thought we could find an easier, softer way. Believe it or not, you cannot. You cannot find an easier, softer way. It doesn't exist. So I'm telling you, folks, okay? The program of recovery is not easy. But damn, is it worth it. It really is. It's worth every sweat, tear, everything that I shed to get to this point in my life. And I'm grateful to God that I was able to get it and keep it. I'm going to try my best to hang on to it as long as I can, as long as I'm alive on this earth. And we have a world that's deteriorating around us in many ways. Again, if they make marijuana legal in this state, did you hear some of the problems that they have in in uh, Colorado? It's crazy. And they all say, justify it for money. And that's the whole thing is money. It's the quest for money. We have to pay our bills. Why don't you just cut back on your expenses? That would be a good thing. We all suffer from too much, including me. I am looking at my crazy hoarding crap. It's unbelievable. i got to stop buying stuff. I just say, well, it's a few bucks here. It's a few bucks there. You know, 30, 40 bucks here. Some days I spend a hundred dollars, thirty bucks here, twenty bucks there, fifty bucks there. For what? I don't know. Crap. Hey, listen, we're going to take a break here on the road to recovery. You're listening to the road to recovery. It's a live broadcast. I bring it to you, courtesy of uh, Link Local Network Broadcasting here on Blog Talk Radio. We are on the air every Sunday night from seven to nine p.m. Central Standard Time. And we encourage people to join us, to uh, call in with questions, comments. We're not talking about any rocket scientist stuff here, for people. But we are talking about real life and what it is like to have been caught up in my drinking, what happened to get me to stop, and what it's like now that I don't drink or drug anymore. And, and oftentimes I bring other people and guests to share their stories as well. Now, there's a good chance that in the future we will have Robert Berlin, who is the state's attorney for DuPage County, 
he's offered to to speak at a couple of met venues, and uh, I off, asked his assistant if he would be willing to come on the air here, and she thought he might, as long as well as a circuit court judge. So hey, we might have some special conversations with these people because there's things that I'd like to ask them directly. I might even practice my questions in advance. But we're going to take a five-minute break, maybe a ten-minute break here, listen to some Marilyn Scott. As you know, I love Marilyn Scott, and I love her music. And we're going to listen to her and uh, come back in a few minutes with more of the show. But do realize that by calling in 323-580-5755 here on the blog, uh, on uh, Blog Talk Radio, you can get me and you can ask questions, comments, whatever. I'd be glad to help you in any way, shape, or form. But for the moment, we're going to play Marilyn Scott, and we'll be back with you in a few moments. <laughs> Would you 
more song and we will be back. You gotta see the neighborhood. We've got a dive bar, sushi bar. We've even got a place where we do that bar thing. All it-
One more. Every morning, I take one scoop of Organifi green juice, mix it up in a glass of water.
Well, there you have it. That's Marilyn Scott singing close enough. I love Marilyn Scott. You all know if you're listening to the show on any regular basis, you know I'm in love with Marilyn Scott. Not to the point where I'd marry her or anything, but I just love her music. And, uh, yeah, she's a great singer. Jeez, I just picked her up and just, uh, I would love to sit there and watch this woman sing. Okay, You're, you're back to the road to recovery. I'm your host, Dan Chuba. I am a recovering alcoholic, 23 years, 6 months, 10 days, who is counting? I am counting, I count every day I'm sober, I'm grateful, in fact I'll even, and I'll ring a bell, well that's not a really good bell, we used to do that for the fish actually I think, get the fish to eat, okay, this is a live broadcast, I have some things to read so I'll probably read till the end of 9 o'clock and um, the lovely Miss Martha is in San Francisco. If you're listening, honey, I hope you're having a fun time with the choir from the Congressional Church in Glen Ellen. And she sings with them, and they are invited places to sing because they're really good. And um, while I miss her, I'm hoping she's having a lot of fun. Okay, I hate to admit, but I'm having fun working. I like to work. Okay, I'm not a real big relaxing kind of guy. I mean, I can get out there and do it, but... I just enjoy working. Okay. Now, I'm going to read to you a letter. I'm going to read you a personal letter, okay? And why I'm going to read this to you is a letter that was written by a friend of Bill W's, that means a fellow member of Alcoholics Anonymous, who ended up back in prison... And maybe the letters will explain why. How's that? She's in the uh, Decatur prison. She may be out by now, but this was uh, this was a while ago. But I read these letters at the club. They were lay- left laying around, and I thought, wow, I would like to read these letters to the people. So it says, Dear Chuck and everyone else, I'm with you every day in my 24-hour book and in my prayers. And today I thought, Of all your beautiful faces around the table as I celebrate my second anniversary all over again. This one is surely being paid for more severely, but keeping you all close to me has really helped me through. People here say, God don't like ugly, but they don't like, they don't have the first part down. God loves you and so do I. I have that with my roommate, and that's her name. She is using her time to learn everything that Jesus wants us to do and how he wants us to live our lives. I'm learning the Bible and so many messages of his plan, and I'm learning, oh, his plan All his love for us. If only we turn our will and our lives over to his care. I ask him to help me do this, do his will every day and ask for his blessings for me and for all of you as well. So a couple of days ago was my birthday. And it was kind of a bummer to be here for it. But I got a couple of rounds of happy birthday singing and dancing and a card signed by over 30 people on the unit. I talked to my dad, 
and he and his wife, whom I choose to call mom, are doing great, holding up well through all of this. He has written to the warden to ask her to consider me for early release if the legislature signs the bill for it. We are feeling a financial pinch in our meals. We see carrion on the menu almost every day last month with braised cabbage on the other days. Good thing I really like that. Between this, vegetables and baked potatoes, peanut butter and beans, I've lost 37 pounds and look looks, mat, looks smaller. My arthritis is still bothersome, but I walk at least a mile every day and am part of a workout group three times a week. They're all very proud of me. We are working very hard to lose more weight. And I'm approaching a goal of my weight 20 years ago when I met most of you. I wanted to tell you that I told my roommate in uh, about you working for whatever until long after you should have retired. Not working on computer or texting, but still the top dog because you were working for God. She loved that and said, I'm lucky to have a friend like you. Don't I know it? I told her we just need to trust God and expect miracles. And when people ask, when are we going home? We both say when God says it's time for me to go. We really know it is all in his time, not ours. How much easier to bear it is when I work on acceptance and say the serenity prayer. But the best is when I picture myself at our Saturday morning meeting, as I did this morning, or when I'm at the Sunday night meeting here thinking of all of you. Thank you for your prayers and support, letters and love. I'm praying for you all as well. Bobby came to visit and said, Mary Lou is coming back to live in Carol's dream with her son. And I've heard from Amy, who sends great pictures of her and so-and-so's home in the mountains. And her and Tom being support superheroes in a plane. They're just too cute. All of you have made her life complete with support and love through him and AA. And I'm so grateful for all of you, sending you all my love. Remember these three things. God loves you, so do I, and don't, and he don't like ugly. Me know how the house sale is going. Okay, that's number one. Same day, another letter. Dear Chuck, I'm with you every day in my 24-hour book and in my prayers. And today I thought of your all your beautiful faces around the table as they celebrate my second... Is this a repeat? Oh, it's a photocopy. <laughs> okay, well, we already read that one. All right. That's somebody writing from prison, guys. Okay? And this is somebody, if you met her, you would have said, what a sweetheart, wonderful, but... This is also somebody who made a decision to go back out and drink. And her life changed substantially for the worse when she was out there drinking and driving. I don't know if she killed anybody. I don't know the full circumstance, but there's too many people like that outside with those 
doing those things, and, and it's just terrible. Now, here's something that somebody wrote me, and i got to tell you, I have no idea who wrote this. <laughs> Maybe if I read it, <clears throat> I'd get a better idea. I received it so long ago, I can't remember who wrote it. I was quite shocked to receive such a lengthy letter with so much wisdom. Thank you for, first of all, finding the time to, to write. And second, for caring enough to say those things to me. So-and-so is an amazing man. Oh, I know this guy. I'm blessed to have him for a sponsor and as a friend. I'm glad that I found the courage and the confidence to ask him way back in February of 2009. When I started to apply the 12 steps to my everyday living, making decisions that I would never thought of if I was still drinking is truly a blessing. Having people with a little more sobriety than me coming up to me and inviting me to their homes for their meetings, I began to realize that I can be trusted again. Without the fellowship, this thing we have together would never have worked. Without the help of one alcoholic helping another, this is a thing. This AA thing would never work from the start. For the first time in my life, I have made friends, friends who care for my well-being, not how much money do I have to contribute to alcohol or drugs. Then someone came up to me with the line of sponsors meeting, which i got to tell you, I think that's worthless. Okay. I look forward to every encounter we had together, to be surrounded by so much wisdom and knowledge, for you to find just enough time in your busy life to sit down and type me out this letter shows me that the fellowship is still working. I can't express to you in this letter alone how much it means receiving mail in prison. I, too, have slept in places that most people would never have had to experience. I have been in prisons that most people would never survive, but I was in those places due to my drinking and the choices I made with liquid courage. I never produced any children, never had a family, and never had a wife. I never had much responsibilities except when I needed more alcohol or drug. I never had to experience having to learn, earn a living to help raise a family. Whatever burden you have to carry around because of what you did in the past, to your family, I give you many props to have the courage to remain sober. I remember you at all those meetings, tearing up over your past mistakes, and you are still sober because of those choices. The choice I made to end up back in prison wasn't a felonious one, but one of ego. I was ordered to attend counseling, and my ego told me to ask if I could stop going. The therapist agreed, but my parole officer didn't, and that's how I ended up in here. The PO violated my parole and had me sent back to prison to serve my parole time. If I never made that call, then I'd still be out there. But like I said, my ego made me make that decision. Where was applying the 12 steps in my life to that situation? Why couldn't? of turn my will over to someone else. By not applying that principle in my daily life caused me to lose my freedom. This is not a reason to say, let's give up or say, fuck it. Unfortunately, I had to suffer severely for that choice, but I will not drink over it. It's in prison. You can't drink. Nothing good has ever come out of saying a drink will make it better. 
Once I am released, I plan to get back on that horse called sobriety and continue to ride down the trail I call happiness. Now that my parole is over with, I will have more free time to go to meetings. Life is nothing but hoops and hurdles. Now the responsibility is back in my court. What and how will I use that time? I know the first person I need to attend to is an AA meeting. Even before I make it home, my outdate falls on a Thursday, and if I get to West Chicago by 8 p.m., I can attend there for the grapevine meeting because they have different meetings. I have my ducks in a row. I have planned out how I shall continue my life once again when I'm released. I am a key holder. Okay, you can become a key holder if you're sober six months in a row and pay the 60 bucks. And a coffee mug owner, my coffee mug, by the way, after 23 years broke. How about that? All of my friends are sober. Some have less sobriety than I, while others have much more, and every one of them have contacted me in some way. Thank you for your words of wisdom. Thank you for caring enough for me to even send me now the second letter. We'll see you soon, and we can talk about the Lions Club. Your friend. Yeah, that's amazing. I don't even remember when that was. I know the guy, and he got out of prison, and I don't know. I don't. I can't say that I see him at meetings anymore, but that's okay. That's just the way life is for some of us. Okay? We find recovery when it fits us and when it doesn't. We kind of move along, and that's not how it really works for all of us. But you work your own program, whatever works for you, and you accept the consequences for your actions. How about that? And that's an important thing. You must accept the consequences of your actions. If you don't, you're going to go through life blaming everybody and everything for everything that ever happens to you, and that's sad. You don't want that. Okay? All right. Um, You know what? I am going to probably end soon again, as we usually do lately, because I'm running out of things to say, and I don't feel like talking anymore. So how's that? We'll be back next Sunday at 7 p.m. with more of the Road to Recovering. I don't know. I'm trying to get guests if we can. They're much more entertaining than I am, I'm sure. But hopefully a message is getting out to you if if not boring you and that is and that is one day at a time one step at a time you know reach out to someone offer them help and assistance helping other people helps us and that's a good thing and it's even better when you can help someone okay i got to tell you something i i have to admit in all honesty I was able to help a friend who helped me, and I was able to finally pay him back for the money that I borrowed from him after about 10 years. It was only supposed to be like a year or two, and it ended up 10, and I'm so sorry. But I didn't walk away from it. I didn't walk away from it, and that's the most important thing. Okay? Don't walk away from your responsibility. Don't walk away from anything. Face it, look at it, look it in the eye, take it by the hand, and get it resolved. That's a good thing. Okay? If you know somebody that needs 
help, assistance, guidance, whatever, give it to them. Give it to them. You know, helping somebody else will ultimately help you. It really will. And if you got to rethink that drink, you might not want to do it. I am going to suggest, as I always have, is that our tolerance level for alcohol in the bloodstream should be no more, are you ready for this, than like O2. It's O8 now, and I think it should be O2. And in all fairness, the reason why I think it should be O2 is because you cannot tell an alcoholic they could have a drink or two and drive. Alcoholics, the first one is the worst one. The rest is never enough. All right, listen, I hope you have a great week. We'll talk to you again if we're sober, if we have to make it to the weekend next week, but something to look forward to definitely, a plan, a hope, a dream, another day and another life. Thank you for listening. And uh, if you need to get me during the week, it's 1-800-I-ASK-YOU or 630-918-6129. I'm always there to help you. Because helping you ultimately helps me, okay? And if you want me to, you want to send me an email, put the road to recovery in the subject line, and send it to Daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L, at D-A-A-R-E dot com. And I would be glad to return your message, okay? Thanks again, guys. Have a great week unless you have other plans. Good night.